Hello Christians, Common Sense Christianity here. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. This podcast will be covering the Son of God as his human agent. And I know I've touched on agency a lot in Scripture. And uh, there's a reason for that. It's because it's paramount to understanding who God is and who Jesus is and their relationship with each other. Okay. Jesus uh, is the agent of Yodevave, and he's fully empowered to legally and fully represent Yodevave. Okay, as the agent, the Shiliak of Yodevave, Christ is like or the likeness and the image of Yodevave. But just as the agent, you know, the one who sent, isn't the principal who sent him. Christ isn't Yodevave. Uh, since Christ is the fully empowered agent of Yodevave, he has the power to forgive sins, heal, resurrect, etc., etc. But this power doesn't prove him to be Yodevave. All it proves is that he is fully empowered by God himself. Okay, so in this podcast, uh, I'm going to apply the typical common sense approach to God that I've applied throughout my videos and throughout my podcasts. And the common sense approach should be contrasted with the unsubstantiated mystical mysteries that are being supplied from these self-anointing rabbis within the counterfeit Messianic and Nazarene groups, right? Um, as well as some of the churches of God today that we see. Uh, the churches and these individuals are some of the most profoundly spiritually blind on earth, um, and they've chosen to blind themselves to the truth uh, as they seek to conform scripture to what they already uh, believe and their biases. And, and these are coming from the Constantinian Christian upbringings instead of conforming their beliefs to the common sense teachings from scripture. And so I pray that God opens their eyes to the truth. Um, you know, this podcast's focus is going to be on the emissary, you know, the agent or representative of God, Yodhevave. Um, and, you know, there's a real big misunderstanding of how Christ, who's not God, was able to do these things that only God should be able to do, such as forgive sins, for example. And so many people jump hastily to the wrong conclusion uh, that these powerful acts that Christ did proves that he's God incarnate. Um, you know, people will say, well, if Christ wasn't God, then how can he forgive sins and only God can forgive sins? No, the Pharisees say this. This is not what Bi the Bible teaches, right? Jesus announced that he had the authority to forgive sins. You know, it just shows you the, the ignorance that persists in the minds of people who are affected by these traditional Christian biases and errors. Um, and this ignorance was something that was born in the standard Christian failures to grasp these Hebrew principles, like I've said, um, you know, the entire Bible was written from a Hebrew perspective. So if you fail to interpret it from its foundational Hebrew context, you're assured to misunderstand scripture. Okay. There's no way to correctly interpret scripture unless these Hebraic concepts are applied. So Hebraic doesn't necessarily equal Judaic. I don't want people to think that I'm, uh, you know, a, uh, somebody that uh, is preaching Judaism 
or I'm a Judaizer. I'm not. I'm saying that the foundation needs to be built upon, and these foundations are rooted in Judaism, but Judaism no longer applies. Um, you know, the same faulty thinking by those who assume that Christ is God because he can forgive sins, it applies to issues such as how the Messiah was able to heal, resurrect, or, you know, in general terms, perform miracles. So, it's Western Christianity's furtherance of these Constantine origins, right, in their readiness to basically formulate anti-Torah doctrines because they don't fully understand the Hebraic culture with, you know, where these doctrines were created, where the events and teachings came forth, uh, because most of the Testament was written by uh, Jews, the Israelites, and about Jews, the Israelites, in a Jewish culture dating back several thousands of years. So if you fail to interpret it from its original, actual Hebraic culture and the context, you're going to guarantee frequent and critical misunderstandings of the whole pieces of Scripture. And so today, the only reason that these errors persist is that they reinforce this Trinitarian teachings of so-called Christianity, and most Christians have little interest in examining the actual foundations of the faith upon which the faith was created from, right? You know, a lot of the confusion comes when people misunderstand the basic idea of agency, like I've said. As chief agent of Yodevave, Christ the Messiah, he does carry out the divine will. So in that sense, he too can be seen as king and judge and shepherd and redeemer and savior and lord, but he's never called Yodevave, okay? And all these roles are clearly given to him by God himself. The, the shared rulership, the task and the mission, they don't imply shared identity. Uh, for example, according to Revelation 3.21, the Messiah promises his faithful followers that they can sit with me on my throne as I sit with my father, God, on his throne. And so the whole idea of Revelation 3.21 is that it's a unity of task and mission. It's not a merging of personal identity. Okay, And the same thing is with the case with the the, the statement that Jesus quotes, we says, I and the Father are one, remember in John 10, 30? When Christians try to defend this non-biblical doctrine of the Trinity, they shred this verse, totally out of context, and totally ignore the commentary of Christ himself in John 17, 21 to 23, where he makes it clear that the oneness he has with the only true God, John 17, 3, that's often overlooked also, is precisely equivalent to the oneness he has with his followers. So this language never implies ontological identity, but it's unity of purpose and mission. The Greek word is hen. You know, uh, he who plants and he who waters are one, the same word, hen. It's the purpose, the plan, the mission. And the problem is that these texts are written in Greek, okay? And particularly in the Gospel of John, they have been given a Hellenistic cast. Uh, so Christians who have totally lost all contact with Judaism uh, don't understand this. And with the basic biblical Hebraic thought, they read these and make them out to be something that they never intended by the Jewish authors. Um, so likewise, as Yodevabe's unique emissary, the Shaliach, Christ became a virtual extension of God. Um, again, this is what he meant when he said that he was one with God. It's also what he prayed for when he prayed that his followers likewise would be one with the Father, just as he is. John seventeen eleven, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep thou thine own name, 
those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. John seventeen twenty one, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe thou hast sent me. Okay, these are, this is from the King James Version Bible. John seventeen twenty two, and the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even though we are one. Okay, so Christ the Messiah was an emissary of Yodivave, but he was not Yodivave. Okay, obviously, if one applies common sense here, uh, the person must admit that the emissary of another is not the one who commissioned him as the emissary or agent. Okay, the emissary, okay, and the one who commissioned him as an agent are separate and distinct entities. Uh, look up the definition of emissary. It literally means uh, agency, right? It's the representative. So it, it requires this to be the case. When the Messiah says that he was sent, it proves he's not God. I don't understand why it's so difficult for those who believe the Messiah is God to see this. Uh, and there's many other simple common sense facts that prove that he's not God. So Christ as the agent of Yodevave can't be the one from who he was sent as an agent. Uh, you know, of course, the rabbis would argue that this is uh, Kabbalistic, you know, and, and can only be understood by delving into the mysteries and all this other stuff. And it's hidden from all the most wise. And, and this is just arrogance along with Trinitarianism. That's the same thing. It's egocentric and, it, you know, entices people to believe in their gibberish, basically, that it's, it's unknowns to man and you can't understand it. Um, and since all they, you know, people agree with them, they can join in their feelings of, of divine wisdom and stuff. And they, these people elevate themselves over those who rely on a common sense reasoning approach to scripture, just like, you know, Trinitarians do the pastors, they elevate themselves. But me, uh, I accept Christ's words instead of theirs. When he says, like in Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, it was at that time that Christ said, I thank you, father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you concealed these things from the sophisticated and educated and revealed them to ordinary folks, right? Luke 10, 21. At that moment, he was filled with joy by the Holy Spirit and said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you because you concealed these things from the sophisticated and, uneducated, and, and, and educated, yet revealed them to ordinary people. Yes, Father, I thank you that it pleased you to do this. So, of course, Christ said this during his prayer to Yodivave, but the Messianic leaders would see that God was praying to God. Okay, that's the same thing with Trinitarians. God was praying to God and God anointed God and God elevated God and God sits at God's right hand. The, these people would give you, the, the rabbis would give you this mystical explanation that defies all common sense. Okay, and, and same thing with their entire definition of a man-God, the Messiah. So, you know, recognition of the true God and the true Messiah are concealed from counterfeits the counterfeit uh, Kabbalistic messianics and consternation Christians that consider themselves sophisticated and educated. So, you know, I've spoken about shaliach in scripture, and I've spoken about it in my podcast. The Hebrew word for emissary is shaliach. Okay, S-H-A-L-I-A-C-H, shaliach. Um, and this is common throughout the Hebrew culture, um, you know, it's formed in Judaism again, but it's not continuing through Judaism. Um, you know, the Bible, the Bible view is not this false Hebraic view, the Messianics, that they want you to believe, okay? Um, Christ is the Shaliach of God, and it's, it's our responsibility to understand this. 
the Hebraic understanding of, of an emissary and an agent is very obvious when one considers the mission of the Messiah and our mission to advance the kingdom. Um, it's the, uh, the Shiliak means agency and emissary, and it's a person empowered by someone else to act in his stead. So Christ was empowered by Yodebabe to act in his stead. The Shiliak uh, first appears in the Torah in the person of Eliezer, okay? Uh, and this, this person was anointed um, by Abraham to, to find a wife for his son Isaac. So Rebekah was selected and betrothed as a wife for Isaac by Eliezer. And she was legally Isaac's wife without her, actually, without her husband actually having ever set eyes on her or haven't exchanged a single word with her. So if you look at other writings, a person, shaliach, is as himself. Um, and you can think about this when Christ says, I and the Father are one. As Yorevabe shaliach, Christ was acting in behalf of God. Okay, so God's emissary representative was as God himself. And this is the same thing in Exodus 7.1 to, you know, God said, I have made you God to Pharaoh, to Moses. And so Christ was fully empowered to legally act as God's chosen agent because, again, God can't be seen. It tells you this in Scripture over and over again. But just as Elijah was not Abraham, Christ is not God. Okay, this is what Christ meant when he said these things as John 8, 28. Christ said, uh, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and I can do nothing on my own initiative. But I speak these things as God the Father taught me. Uh, that's the NASB. John eight forty two. Christ said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not come on my own initiative, but he sent me. John eight fifty. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. So there exists in here uh, the, the, you know, the wording of slave. And those are, that's have to do with somebody who's put aside his own will. And he's doing the will of the master. So Christ was also Yodevave's slave in the sense that he submitted his will to God, just as we should. However, he didn't submit his identity or his personality. Okay. So you have to remember that, you know, prior to Christ's death, he prayed to God, uh, not my will, but thine be done. Matthew 26, 39, Mark 14, 36, Luke twenty two forty two. So we should also submit our will to the same God that Jesus did which is not the God promoted by Trinitarians and others that promote a Messiah man-God or a triune God, uh, a dual-nature man-God, or a three-person God. And also there exists a model of the employee, okay? And this person basically assumes the obligation to perform a, a bunch of tasks for somebody else, but whose personality and identity remain separate and distinct from the personality and identity of the employer. And so the shaliach, is unique in that he, uh, or she, I guess, retains a greater degree or a great degree of a, uh, uh, autonomy in carrying out this mission. So at the same time, they become a virtual extension of the person who commissions him. Okay, so, uh, you know, there's a few New Testament texts which speaks about the Messiah as reflecting the image of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Colossians 1.15, Hebrews 1.3. But this is not be confused with identity. An image is what the word implies. It's an image, a representation. So the idea here is that Yodevave himself is invisible and unseen, but the Messiah can reflect the image of God. So in other words, um, the Messiah can function as a human representation and manifestation of God. 
Um, you can't confuse the reflection, no matter how functionally important this is, with the one reflected. Okay? The angel of Yodevave, of whom Yodevave speaks at the time of Exodus, could speak for God and even represent him with full power and authority, and he was a visible manifestation of the invisible one, who no one can see or behold, but nonetheless, the two are distinguished. Exodus 23, 20-21, Exodus 33, 12-17. Uh, Moses is quite concerned that his representative, you know, the representative, one whom Yodevave says he will send, is not the actual and direct presence of God himself. Um, the Messiah is also called the Son of God, and you can see in Psalm 2-7, but this doesn't make him God, okay? It implies faithfulness and an intimacy in 2 Samuel 7-14, etc., etc. The Son remains just that. He's a Son. Uh, so as such, he carries out the will of his Father, God. Never are the roles confused. Look at 1 Corinthians 15-28. Um, you know, look at the later church. They, it becomes a subtle but faithful shift in the concept here. The image, the Son of God, became God the Son, the second person of the Trinity or Godhead. Okay, this idea is blasphemous and it's found nowhere in Scripture. The entire God-man idea that developed through the Council of Nicaea and onward and so on and so forth, it developed in Christianity. It's a Hellenistic pagan concept completely foreign to the biblical Hebraic thought. Um, you also need to understand that what the Son of God was expected to be and able to do. Uh, you look at the prophecies in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, and the Hebrew culture and what they arose. Uh, you know, according to our Western understanding, God, or you know, Jesus rather, was able to do things that only God should be able to do, such as work miracles and forgive sins, because most of Christianity is Trinitarian, or, or Binitarian, really. Uh, but most Christians have been taught that such supernaturally power they prove that Jesus is God, the Messiah. He's God incarnate. And they also believe that because they have been taught that Jesus must be God because only the death of God could atone for the sins of mankind, that's not true. The Bible tells you in Romans that a man died for our sins. So unfortunately for this view, there's nowhere in Scripture that's, that's, that's found. It's an entirely pagan concept. And it also ignores the simple fact that God can't die or can't be seen. Okay? Also in the Tanakh and, and, and the scripture of the New Testament, it's the Father, God Almighty, Yodevavi alone, who determines the acceptability of any sacrifice. Okay, or, you know, the sacrificer, Christ the Messiah, the Shaliach. So you look at the term Shaliach, it's, people need to understand its meaning. And I'm not speaking here from a, a phrase or the nuances, the translation stuff, but it's fundamental lack of understanding of concepts were described in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, which Christians call the Old Testament. They ignore these, okay? The concept of the shaliach, the one sent or the one fully commissioned by God, the agent, and that's what you call a proxy, I guess, in common law. Another person was absolutely essential to the entire salvation plan of Yahweh for mankind, so without it, salvation would have been impossible and the entirely, you know, creation would have been pointless and stuff. So the shaliach doesn't, uh, you know, take away from its intellect, the will, the desires, the feelings, and ta the talents and the personal style to that of the one whom he represents, okay? He enlists them to the fulfillment of his mission. Christ did submit his will to God. And the Hebrew thought clearly teaches that we are to submit our will to God, but Christ maintained his desires, his feelings, his talents, and his personal style. Remember, it's not my will. It's not my doctrine. These are not my words to speak. This is not my authority. I can be of myself, do nothing. Father, take this cup from me. 
the result of this isn't a lesser bond between the two, but the contrary. The, the Christ is acting through the whole of the shaliach, uh, not only in the physical actions, but also through the personality, which has become an extension of the personality of God. God uh, was acting through the whole of Christ. He was utilizing the gifts and personality that Christ had, right? So intrinsic to the role of the shaliach, is the challenge to bring one's own initiatives and resources to the task. And you can look at the Jewish law of agency. It talks about how the law of agency deals with the status of a person known as the agent acting by direction of the another, the principal, and thereby legally binding the principal in his connection with the third person. The person who binds the principal in this matter is his agent known in the Jewish law as shaliach, one that is sent. The relation of the former to the latter is known as agency, shiliot. The general principle is enunciated like this. A man's agent is like himself. So Christ as the agent of God is fully empowered to legally and fully represent God. As the agent, the shaliach of Yorevave, Christ is like or the likeness and the image of Yorevave. However, just as the agent, the one sent, is not the principle who sent him, Christ isn't God. Okay, so you look at the appointment. Under the Jewish law, an agent may be appointed without the formality of writing Okay, like spoken words, and, and witnesses are not needed to give effect to those words, uh, you know, except to prove in cases of dispute and stuff, and, and uh, like the Talmud, that authority had been given and the extent of the authority. But uh, Christ uh, was God's agent, and God, the one who appoints and exalts the Messiah, is always named as the creator, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the God of the Old Testament. To speak as Christ, as Yorevave, as people have dared to do is totally to ignore and trample the very patterns in the language of the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and totally go against what the apostles taught. Also, an agent may appoint a sub-agent, the apostles and we, who continue to spread the good news of, of Christ's rule over, you know, over Israel and the kingdom of Yodevave are sub-agents sent by Yodevave. Uh, and you also have to remember that a shaliach has his emissary status revoked either by failure such as Israel okay, or death. Christ did not fail and he lives. Therefore, he is still the shaliach of Yorevave. So Christ is a shaliach, the emissary of Yorevave, but he's not God. Again, he's the fully empowered agent of Yorevave. He has the power to forgive sins, heal, resurrect, but this power does not prove him to be God. All it proves is that he's fully empowered by Yorevave. So, True followers of the Messiah, you go forth as a shaliach and the shaliach, uh, and you read his words, and you understand that it, that Jesus is the shaliach, one sent by God, the agent of God, and uh, Christianity today and the counterfeit messianic, they they show God John's gospel as their primary proof that Jesus is God, but they misrepresent the truth as usual, uh, because what John actually presents, like in John twenty thirty one that we're to believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He's a shaliach of God, but he's not God. The primary purpose, the purpose of John's gospel was to prove that Jesus was the sent one, the shaliach of God. And John states implicitly that as being his primary purpose for writing his gospel, when he quotes that Jesus states this, and this is eternal life, that they know you, Father, as the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So think about this and, and ponder on it as Jesus, as the shaliach of God. And that's the key to understanding his mission, right? 
Um, when you believe that Jesus as God, it diminishes both the Father and the Son because the Father, by asserting that he alone is not God, and that contradicts all of Scripture, and the Son, by laying his, his 100% human accomplishments at the feet of a non-existent deity, which could, anybody could have done this, right? And it's bearing witness against the Holy Spirit, uh, of Yodivabe, the inspiration for the Bible, which is blasphemy un- and unforgivable, uh, Matthew twelve thirty one through thirty two. So, it it's the legal basis for the strong delusion, which the Apostle Paul states that the Father will send upon those who did not believe in truth, but as pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians two twelve. Uh, so basically, all who choose to go on believing that Jesus Christ is God after they have received the information. Um, you know, like in the podcast or, or in the Bible, they're opening themselves up to being deluded by God. Um, and, and what chance do such people have of ever realizing that their very salvation is in, is in jeopardy because of their false beliefs? Uh, very little. Look at Second Peter 2.20-2.21. For they escape the pollutions of the world through knowledge of the Lord, Savior, Christ the Messiah. They are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them in the beginning. For it had been better for them to not have known the way of the righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Okay. But lastly, and certainly not least, to continue to regard the Messiah, the Christ, as God, when he is not God, is idolatry. This is a violation of the first commandment, Exodus 23, and sin, 1 John 3, 4, and James 1, 15, and Revelation 21, 8, that reveal the result of unrepented sin. So think about it. Consider Christ the Messiah, the Shaliach of Yorevabe. And so when you understand the Hebraic concept of Shaliach, it's to understand both the Father and the Messiah's relationship and their identities. And this is separate from the Constantine deceptions that have been part of the so-called Christianity since 300 and 325 AD. So may God open people's minds, open the, the blindness that people have spiritually to the truth so that others will finally become fellow emissaries with the Messiah. Okay, so uh, like I said, I've gone through podcasts, uh, videos, and a reason why I hit home is because this is very important. People need to understand that you need to read the Bible with a Hebrew understanding once you read the Bible with a Hebrew understanding, things start fitting together. You understand why Jesus said it's not his will, it's not his doctrine, it's not his authority. He was the one sent by God. And just as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world, right? We're also to be emissaries of God. So thanks for listening. And until next time, God bless you. And may God open the eyes of the Israelites uh, who in the land of Israel, are still under the deception. And, um, you know, they're, they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah at all. They have God right. They just don't have the Messiah right. right. And that's the critical part. People don't want to believe what the Jews believe because they believe that Jews, um, because they reject the Messiah, don't have the truth. No, they reject the Messiah, but they still have God right. So until next time, God bless you.